Okay, so it's been a while since I did a video about the Mavericks. And um, there's a lot of stuff to go over. I, I'm not sure I can go over everything that I've missed, but uh, let's try. Uh, let's start with Willie Colley Stein. You know, um, yeah, the Mavericks traded him for the Jazz pick. And that Jazz pick is likely to be like the 55th pick or something. And uh, well, yeah, so in my opinion, that's that's honestly a steal for the Mavericks. Uh, although if, you, if you've seen like Warriors fans or even uh, Kings fans, because he really used to play for the Kings, they're all like surprised that the Mavericks wanted to trade him. And they're like Warriors fans are kind of glad that they're rid of him and they feel like the Warriors need the money in the offseason. And I mean, that's fair, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is, Willie has some, like, tendencies to not really try on defense and rebounding. And that that's an issue, for sure. Um, I mean, he's a good rim runner, though. And, like, if you want to compare him to Dwight Powell, because they did the trade because of the Dwight Powell injury. Um, well, uh, Willie is, is a better rebounder than, than Dwight. A better shot blocker as well. Um, but I don't think he's a better defender overall. So I'm, I'm interested to see when he plays next to Kristaps, who out of the two defends the rim, because both of them are not really great perimeter defenders, I don't think. Although at the same time, it was kind of obvious uh, lately when Kristaps uh, had to defend uh, DeAndre Ayton, that Kristaps is really that great at defending like skilled low post bigs. And I'm not sure about Willie, but he's more used to being like a full-time center. So maybe maybe he's better at that. I, I hope so. So yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to have to figure out who defends the five if they play together. Um, but you know, yeah, like I said, he's a, he's a good rim runner and, and a good screen setter. I think he's going to have his best year yet. On the, on the Mavericks. Uh, Luca is, is going to help him a lot for sure. And the spacing of Kristaps is going to help him for sure as well. So lately, because Dwight Powell has been injured, the Mavericks uh, have used a small ball lineup because, uh, well, you know, then they have Dorian at the four and Kristaps and at the five. And it has worked in some cases because it provides more spacing. But I really feel like in Rick's system and, and next to someone like KP, it's very useful to have a rim runner. And Maxi Kleber is, is kind of that. He, he, he can provide some rim running. Um, so I think playing bigger with uh, Maxi next to Kristaps or um, uh, Willy, I think that's that's for the better. And I hope they, they do that soon. And also Seth Curry hasn't been great in the starting lineup. In my opinion, at least. Uh, and, okay, well, so, like, yesterday the news broke that, that Luca uh, injured his, uh, his his foot, his, his, his ankle. And it is the same ankle from before. So, that kind of sucks. Um, he, yeah, last time he was out for, like, 
four or five games and I think he might be out for the same time now. Um, I mean, it's fine because uh, as long as he... he I mean, I, I would like him to, to, to play in the All-Star game. I hope he, he, he can. And it it's not it's not bad for him to have some rest. Uh, but yeah, definitely frustrating for the team, for him. And um, I hope he gets better soon. Um, last time, Kristaps actually played better uh, in the absence of, of Luca. I don't think that's because he, like Luca, holds him down or anything. I think the opposite, but it, it's more probably that he um, f- feels that he has to step up more. You know, I think that's mostly it. Okay, so um, yeah, something I wanted to talk about for a while was about the the post up and then the Kristaps Porzingis uh, situation with that, like Rick talked about how um, you know posting up is 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 not a good play anymore, and we know something that Rick does, and it I didn't really realize it at the time, uh, but I I know that he always does that, but he. He never really attacks his players, but he says some things globally like that that involves his players and like kind of what he's saying, in my opinion at least, or other people have said it as well, is that just Kristaps isn't really good in the post, at least this year. And on the Knicks, he used to be good, but not on the levels that maybe Jokic or DeAndre Ayton or Embiid are. You know, they're they're shooting much higher percentages than. Kristaps has ever done in the post, so uh, like Rick is not wrong in the in that regard, I don't think. And you know, on mismatches, it's a good idea to post him up. And uh, Rick tried to say it, but like Luca is a better post player, and that's true. So it's actually a better idea to post Luca more than Kristaps, and and I agree with that. Although I would like Kristaps to be better and shoot higher percentages, so that he could shoot more, but. You know the percentages just don't just don't back it up, and what Rick has talked about is is or well kind of what analytics say is that you only have to shoot thirty three percent from the three point line, and that way you shoot one point per possession, and uh, you'd have to shoot fifty percent from mid range or post up to have the same uh, effect, but at the same time. You're providing less spacing because if you're shooting three pointers, then you're you have more space to uh, create for layups. So pretty much you ha- you'd have to like shoot like around sixty percent on post ups and, and mid range, and that's that's tough to do. So the conclusion is is from you know what I've seen and and and, and heard, and is that if you can shoot 60% for mid-range and low post, then for sure you can do it. But if not, then it's better to work on your three-pointers because you only have to hit 33% of them. And yeah, it's it's the last couple of years, it's, it's like kind of tough to get used to that because we've seen it already. But it it is true, you know, it, it is a... It is a a theory that that works you know so yeah i kind of i kind of like that i don't mind it um i just wish chris Tops was uh maybe better in the in the pick and roll and maybe shot better but you know it, it is what it is um 
Right. So it's a new decade, and and I wanted to talk about my favorite moments from the from the last decade a bit, and I think um, the the best one is probably the Vince Carter game winner against the Spurs in I believe game six um, in two thousand and fourteen. 2013 it was I think um, I the exact dates and stuff is kind of vague for me but I still remember really well I was staying up because you know I live in I live in Western Europe in the Netherlands and um, Maverick games usually are around 2.30 a.m. which is really early in the morning or really late at night however you want to see it um, and it was on a on a Saturday so that was actually kind of perfect so I stayed up you know, and, and if I can't stay up, uh, what I what I do is I just watch the game on League Pass the next day. Or you know, I I, I remain spoiler free. I, I turn all my notifications and social media off, and I just watch it as soon as I can, either when I'm back from work or, um, just in the morning before work or when I don't have work, just whenever I wake up, um. And 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 that works, but watching life is is pretty pretty cool, pretty pretty fun to do. And, you know, so the game ended at, like, uh, uh, 5 a.m., I think. And I... It might have been an earlier game that started at, like, 1.30 a.m. So I believe the game ended at, like, 4 a.m. And, yeah, I just, like, jumped out of my out of my seat. And, and, like, I was so happy to see that shot go in by Vince Carter. It was such a, such a beautiful game winner. And that is probably my favorite memory. And, uh, you know, also there was this uh, game winner by Monte Ellis uh, against Milwaukee, his former team at that time. And that was a, that was a crazy shot. It was like a, a spin move and then a one-legged fadeaway. And it was almost a three-pointer. That, that was how deep it was. It was crazy. And um, I remember the, the, the game that... Um, there was a game where the Mavericks uh, came back like from more than 20 points from the Trailblazers and won in overtime. And I believe there was like a go-ahead shot by Dirk. Um, there was also a game um, where Dirk had a, a game winner against the Bulls a couple of years ago. Um, you know, 30,000 points against the Lakers. You know, that shot by Dirk was... was was very very cool to see with like the Kobe uh, Bryant uh, tap on his butt you know and uh, appreciating him and uh, yeah that, that was cool to see um, the the Darren Williams uh, game winner against Sacramento I believe uh, that was a game winner in like the first or second overtime it was pretty crazy and I believe this the Mavs actually came back a little bit. Um and like Darren Williams fell over the the coach from the Kings. I don't remember who it was. Uh and and that was pretty funny. Everybody like uh jumped on him because he fell and that was uh, super funny to see. And um and I remember the Mavericks trading Calderon for Tyson Chandler, that was pretty cool. Um, getting Monte Ellis and and he really like really outperforming everybody's expectation. Like his debut was like he had like thirty points in his debut, and that was pretty crazy. Uh, and my first season was the 
OGMAO season in, in 2012-13 because that's when League Pass first existed. So that was the only time... Like, I, I tried getting into basketball the year before, but, like, highlights and stuff. So, um, you know, um, that was really fun because uh, they tried to get back to 0.500 and uh, they didn't shave their beard until they did. And it took, it took like, more than a month. And that was fun to see. I loved that. I was only, like, 14, 15 at the time, so I couldn't really grow a beard but uh you know it's still fun to see the team do it right so there was a, a period where where luca was uh, hurt of course and the team actually did kind of okay in his absence and uh there was kind of fun to see because everybody's expectation was a little lower and but then Kristaps and and tim hardaway jr were out uh and everybody like expected results out of like a, a fully healthy team but but the thing is that the team wasn't healthy like the team wasn't healthy at all uh because honestly Kristaps might be just as important as Luca as crazy as it seems because he provides so much spacing and defense and he's actually a good rebounder this year and Tim Hardaway Jr is, is shooting ridiculous numbers from the three-point line both of them are so important I don't think this team is really a good team without them. Um, that was kind of annoying to see. Like, honestly, the, the expectations should be uh, as low with Luca out as it should be with Chris Subs and Tim out, you know. Not not that they're better than Luca, but maybe just as important, maybe, is what it is, you know. And also, now that I'm already talking about that, people have crazy expectations, in my opinion. Like... It seems like I'm not really uh, passionate in a way of like I get mad and disappointed. But the thing is, there there have been seasons like my first season with OJ Mayo and seasons where the Mavericks got like the 8th or 7th seed uh, in 2013, you know, against the Spurs in the first round. And th those seasons were frustrating in a way because they were fighting for the 8th seed, you know, and... That causes for me to like really be frustrated and, and disappointed when they lose because then they might not reach the playoffs, you know. And that's honestly to me, that's all that matters. And I have a lot of fun seeing the Mavericks like try to reach the playoffs. And now they've kind of been like cruising, you know. They're just in the playoffs and they're being better than 0.500. And if they're staying 0.500 right now, they they will still make the playoffs, you know. If if they like win 50-50 from now on and you know so I'm not worried at all and, and like they lost against the Suns lately and yeah it's frustrating but at the same time it doesn't really matter to me like they'll bounce back the next game you know it's not that they they don't lose their playoff spot at all and I prefer them to to remain top six I would love I would want them to have some more clutch games and I would want them to win more at home. But even that is not really necessary for me. Like, as long as they they just make the playoffs. I, I, I didn't even necessarily expect them to make the playoffs this year. I thought maybe 8th or ninth seed, you know. Uh, I mean, some things have changed because, like, the Warriors aren't good. And uh, the Trailblazers aren't either. The Spurs, you know. So, in a way, the Mavericks have to 
they they should be easily able to to get the top six uh, to get top six in the playoffs and I I want them to and I, I think they can um, but I'm I'm just not really worried with a loss because this is not a, a season where we should be worried and Lucas twenty and Kristaps is twenty four I believe this is not a year where they have to win now where a year where they have to win now would have been for me well you know with like an aging Dirk like a 35 year old Dirk with uh, a 32 year old Monte Ellis and you know that their timeline was declining and they had to win now you know they had to get a decent seed in the playoffs and so that was um, that had more pressure as a fan watching but this year it's just it's just you know riding the wave you know for me and I understand that other people have bigger expectations, but you know it's a younger team and they have flashes. That's just what it is, you know. A younger team has flashes where they're they're great, but then they have some weeks where they're less good. And Luca's still getting used to full eighty-two game seasons. You know, he's tired at times. He does way too much. You can't expect this team to always win, and it doesn't always have to do with the opponents. It's just some sometimes, you know. Um, a team is their own opponent sometimes too, you know. Um, that's how I see it, you know. Um, and like the the Mavericks lost against the Jazz lately, who hadn't lost at home since December sixth, I believe. And everybody was so like frustrated on Twitter and stuff, and it's just like they're the Jazz, who hadn't lost at home since December sixth. You know, the Jazz are one of the greatest team. In, in the NBA right now you can't really be ex- uh, upset you know I mean it's, it was the way I understand you know the Mavs um, if they had been a little more clutch but it's not the Mavericks didn't play bad and the Jazz played just really well so I, I I'm just, I just don't really get upset with that stuff anymore um, you know like I said except for if if the the playoff spot for the Mavericks is in danger then I I start really getting nervous and frustrating and and but I don't have these crazy expectations to be honest you know um except if it's supposed to be on paper like a championship team but it's it's never been that so I don't really get the frustration to be honest and I I would have been like kind of angry and, and and frustrated and 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 disappointed if the Mavericks lost against the the, the Thunder because then the Thunder would have been like 5th or 6th right now but we beat them and that uh, caused them to be like a lot lower in the standings. So that's good. And, you know, I was happy with that. And, and then the Suns game didn't really matter as much. And it was also a back-to-back. And, and Luca is super tired. He does way too much. Uh, he needs the All-Star break for sure. And uh, he, he doesn't even usually play in in, in back-to-backs. I mean, they, he has, but the plan is always to not and to not play. And... I honestly didn't want him to play. I kind of hoped like JJ Brea would have started uh, to because weirdly enough he, he has some fresh legs because he didn't play against the Thunder, you know. Um, and Kristaps should definitely not have played, but you know it is what it is. Um, I see so much like Dwight Powell hate like before his injury. Like, I mean, it was kind of nice to like when he got injured that uh, that everybody was kind of disappointed with that and, and like unhappy for him and sad for him and and I was I was kind of satisfied with that because it meant that 
people really do care about the players on the Mavericks and that they really appreciate how good Dwight is. And it was yeah, it just was kind of frustrated because you know I've I've been frustrated with Dwight Powell before, like a couple of years back, because he shot too much three pointers and he seemed to not always try on defense. But you know, after so many years, it's just kind of clear to me that well, first of all, he doesn't he, he barely shot three pointers anymore. So I'm glad with that, and it, he only did it when it was really open and. Um, it also seemed like when he missed one or two, he just stopped shooting because, you know, he, he recognized that he he didn't shoot well. And, um, you know, he's he's statistically the best rim runner in the league right now. And that's why it's such a such a, a bad loss, you know, and why it's he mattered so much to the offense. And, um, you know, and and the thing is, it's it's way less frustrating because he defends force now, and Kristaps is a good rim protector. So, and Dwight isn't really really not necessarily a bad perimeter defender. So I was really okay with it. A lot of people they acted like he he was a bad rim protector and stuff, but he doesn't really defend the rim. So I don't really get that. And he's not a great rebounder, but. Luckily, Kristaps is is an improved rebounder this year, so I'm I'm okay with it. And you know, I I kind of miss him. He was fun to see play, and and um, some bad losses has 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 been because of his loss. You know, he he just makes the offense so so much so flow. He he lets the offense so much flow, and and um, that's that's why it's a huge loss. And he's also like a great hardworking person who doesn't deserve an Achilles tear, so that's also, you know, why it sucks. Um, I, I'm kind of worried that he, he doesn't come back as strong as he is right now because he jumps so much and he's so much reliant on his athleticism. Um, but you know, we we'll see. You know, he the treatment and stuff has been better last couple of years. He's improving, and the medical staff on the Mavs are great. So. Um, we'll we'll just have to wait and see, and and uh, I believe that Willie Colley Stein can provide uh, the same stuff and and be a good replacement. So, you know, it it'll be fine. I just hope that that when when he comes back next year, that he he just is still the same Dwight. You know, he's still uh, just as good, and and that he can still like play with Luca for years to come, you know. So, you know, that said, you know, uh, there's the question of, of, like, do the Mavs need some more trades? And, you know, a lot of people have been talking about Andre Drummond. And, I mean, I like Andre Drummond, but not for the... I, I don't think the Mavs can just easily get him, you know. Uh, they'd have to, like, give up maybe a couple of picks. Maybe, like... Uh, a bunch of good young players and I don't really want want that it's not really necessary either um it's unfortunate that Dwayne Dedman has a, a an expensive contract and also that he he you know he, he talked to the media about wanting to be traded and so I don't honestly think he will be traded because he did that um but I would have liked him and I, I maybe the Mavericks shouldn't have needed to give up a lot but yeah probably still too much so 
you know the the safe trade for Willy is 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 fine for by me and and also it it's a good idea to 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 keep a lot of uh, money you know so hopefully they they can offer a lot of money uh, for uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic next year who is a restricted free agent on the Kings who right now don't really have the money for Bogdanovic so Mavs could get him next year that's not we'll, we'll see we'll have to find out but it's a good idea to to keep the money and not trade for someone big and um yeah so I'm fine if the Mavs don't make any moves left and but I would like to see uh Courtney Lee get traded for something and the Mavericks of course still have a big um trade exception and they I wouldn't mind them using that but you know that not overspend and not sell not not give away too many good players and picks you know so you know the Mavs have struggled in fourth quarters and it, it's it's really that that has really been frustrating to be honest because the Mavericks are right in the game and then you just know beforehand like oh they're gonna lose this because you know Mavericks suck in fourth quarters only when they blow out teams is when they when the lead is really safe and that has been really frustrating yeah I mean they're a young team and um it's just kind of weird because Luca has been clutch before last year but I think what it is is teams have figured out what to do to stop Luca a bit in the fourth quarter and uh, a lot of the times they double team him and it's just like bad luck like he doesn't uh, time his pass good enough or he just you know it's it's all bunch of things like that and there was lately an uh, a pass attempt by Luca to pass to Tim Hardaway Jr. and he had like a a great shot and he um, and Tim missed it and that was really unfortunate that that felt like the one game winner that that should have uh, gone in you know yeah that, so you know I, I don't really know what they can do I think just maybe if things don't work with Luca. Just maybe pass to Tim Hardaway Jr. and and see if he can ISO into like a good shot or or maybe even though Kristaps isn't great in the low post and everything about that maybe in like game winning shots just give the ball to Kristaps in the post you know and and see if he he can make that I think Kristaps can definitely do that he he still practices in the post I assume and he's still good enough in the post it's just not a great play for like half-court offense you know in, in a game-winning attempt it's, it's not a bad idea in my opinion and I mean they'll, they'll figure it out and and like I said before they don't have to win anything this year it's just as long as they make the playoffs win a couple of games in the first round then it's been a good season I hope and I believe they can go to the second round though and and that's why I hope they remain like the fifth or sixth seed and go up against like the Jazz or the Nuggets um, I would love that, and I think they 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 could definitely make it an interesting series and maybe even win. And that's why I'm not really worried, you know. And and like the, the Clippers are load managing so much, so the chance that you uh, have to play them when you're like the fifth or fourth seed is pretty high. So it might just be as good of an idea to maybe get the sixth seed, you know. So I really 
am not worried about their their seeding. They just wherever they land is where they land, and I feel confident that they can make it a series. That's why I'm not frustrated about it. But I would like to see them succeed in the, in the clutch just for once, you know, and, and maybe play better at home. And it, it is definitely frustrating, but it's, they're like exceeding the expectations so much and and they'll be they'll be clutch for years to come you know this this is just like year one of Luca and Kristaps together like don't even worry about it they'll be clutch together in the coming years for sure you know oh and also just to clarify I will be very frustrated with every playoff loss like I've been I've I've been that way with every well yeah, well, with every playoff series that the Mavs have have been in, I've been like really pissed at every loss. Like, I'll be cranky for days, and and like I said, with like an an, an a season where the Mavs, you know, have to fight hard for their their seeding, I'll be I'll be cranky. But this is just a a fun, stressless season for me, and I I'm enjoying it, you know. And I think more people should treat it like that. But you know, everybody watches basketball in their own way, and. I'm fine with it, but you know, like I said, in the playoffs, I will be, I will be extremely passionate and 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 really cranky for days if they lose uh, a game because you know in the playoffs it it all matters really really very much and also in the, like the last ten games of the season I will be really uh, hoping they they might you know get a good seeding and and then then every everything cranks up you know so um so let's do like an all decade team for me. I think, well, you know, Dirk is obviously number one. But then it's kind of, it actually is kind of tough. I think Jason Terry is number two. I, I've, I've been fortunate to, um, when I started watching basketball, to still see him, like, through highlights and stuff. Because League Pass, like I said, wasn't around in 2011-12. But I've still, I've, I've seen him, like, be on the team and, and watch highlights and uh, I've seen him play on other teams pretty pretty well, and he I, he's one of my favorite maps. Even though I didn't really follow him, uh, I think he's definitely number two. And I think I'm pretty sure he's never been an All Star, which is honestly kind of disappointing because he's he's played at All Star levels for sure. And like on in NBA 2K, he, he in the all all in the the all time Mavericks team, he. It's only like an 86. I don't really understand why he could have easily been like a 90, in my opinion. Let's see. Probably Jason Kidd. Even though I... I'm not necessarily a fan of his game or anything. And I've only watched him like also like one year on the Mavs. And then seen him on the Knicks and be old. <laughs> That's all I remember from him, you know. Um... But from the way I've heard people and from what I've seen from older games, uh, he, he definitely deserves to be number four, uh, three. I think then at number four, definitely Sean Marion. Like he's been, the, I think on the Mavericks, he's been defensive player of the year one time. And he's been an all-star on the Suns and he kind of kept that level on the Mavericks just in a smaller role. And uh, yeah, Sean Marion is, is, is great and he deserves that number four spot uh then i think monte ellis at five yeah monte ellis has, has like carried the maps in seasons that that would have been really bad seasons had it not been for him and he's been better than dirk at times dirk was an all-star 
And Dirk actually said, like, why? Because Monte is playing better. Like, why am I an all-star, not him? And that was super, super awesome by Dirk. And it was actually kind of true. And I'm glad that Dirk was the all-star because in the, at the end of the day, I care more about Dirk. But I would not have minded seeing Monte Ellis be an all-star. He very deserve it. And um, Monte was super clutch. He was, I believe, the cl- most clutch player in 2014-15 before the Rondo trade and uh, I think that's kind of unfortunate as well if uh, if Rondo if they didn't make the trade for Rondo then the timetable would have been different and Monte would have maybe stayed um, but you know we'll never know I think at number 6 then Dyson Chandler who I actually considered at like number 4 or 5 but I think uh, you know he's been here in two stints for, for only one year both times and um, yeah, I mean, the thing is, if he wasn't on the 2011 team, the Mavericks probably wouldn't, would not have been a champion, but I think you can say the same about Sean Marion, that's, which is why I had him higher, and it's just, Tyson Chandler isn't the guy that, like, carries the team like Monte Ellis did, so, you know, still six, still number six, though, um, okay, so number seven, um, Definitely JJ Barea, who, now that I'm thinking about it, um, maybe deserve to be higher. But he, these uh, six that I I listed were the first that came to my mind and and were the most important in my mind. And um, yeah, I don't mind JJ Barea at seven. You know, I th- I, st- I think he, he's played really well in in 2011, of course, and and in the seasons that I watched. But I feel like had it not been for Monte Ellis, that both those seasons with him would have been a disaster. And um, uh, had it not been for Tyson Chandler, the Mavs would have not been a champion. But I think J.J. Brea, in a way, is replaceable. But, you know, tough to say. Um, then at eight, definitely Vince Carter, who stuck around. And, and I, I have seen him uh, a couple of uh, years. And... You know, he did that game winner that I mentioned against the Spurs. So I I really appreciate Vince Carter. And he was really good. Uh, always accepting his role, whether he started, but mostly he came off the bench. And he was always okay with it. And I really appreciate Vince Carter. Then at number nine, I have uh, Harrison Barnes. And I'm not sure other people have him in this list, but... I just it's the same thing with Monte Ellis, you know. I think that I don't take things like that for granted, you know. It's a season that um I mean tough to say because Harrison Barnes, you know, it was still kind of a tanking season, but at the same time it was super fun to watch him like carry the Mavs and then uh he was still around, you know, during like the Dennis Smith Jr. years and even Luca for a bit. And he was just such a culture guy. Um, and he, he scored a lot of points. And um, I, I, f- I feel like Harrison Barnes should have like provided more. Uh, like, like it should have like translated more into winning, but it didn't. But it felt like he was like a winning player and, and really important on the team. So maybe now that I'm thinking about it, I think Devin Harris is number nine. And I'm going to actually 
this is so tough because I'm I'm thinking about instead of Harrison Barnes putting Dwight Powell at ten, because Dwight Powell has actually been here for a bunch of years. Like he's been here really long, and he has provided like so much offensive flow and stuff and. Um, no, I think ultimately, yeah, Harrison Barnes, he just, he was, it's just bad luck that he wasn't on like a winning team and it wasn't necessarily his fault. And a lot of it was because, you know, we thought we signed DeAndre Jordan, but then he didn't came and then at least we had Harrison Barnes, you know, and, and we didn't really have much around him. Um, I mean, that was the year after, but you know, like. A lot of big free agents were already signed that year before. So, and it was also kind of weird that the year before Harrison Barnes, we actually actually really competed. We had Darren Williams, and Wes Matthews, and and um, uh, Zaza Pachulia, who all really contributed to winning. And I was really surprised that we let them go. You know, we could have had them next to Harrison Barnes, and and maybe compete for a playoff spot again, you know. So it's not it's not on Harrison Barnes, and I think he was actually a good player, especially in his first year where he ISO'd a lot and he, he, he scored scored very efficiently. Um but he had a hard time adapting to playing off ball and um you know I don't mind the Mavericks trading him but he was like an amazing person and I he's if if you would ask me like who my favorite Mavericks are, he might be in my top five because I appreciate him so much and I I, I love him as a person and a great, great basketball player too. And, uh, you know, so I, uh, that that's my top 10. Like, let's go over it again. Dirk, Jason Terry, Jason Kidd, Sean Marion, Monte Ellis at five and then Tyson Chandler. Then I have, uh, who was it again? <laughs> I'm just now realizing, and I don't I don't know how I'm going to do that with editing, but I'm just now realizing that I forgot Luca. Um, it it's okay if he if he isn't on the isn't on the on the top ten list, I guess. Um, you know because this is like also a list to remember the the players before Luca, because Luca was like right at the end of the decade, so. Um, Luca probably, in my opinion, would be like third, like right after Jason Terry, I think. Yeah, he's already really proved that he's been really important. But I think for now it's fine to not have him on the list, yeah. Um, so yeah, my, my, my list, Dirk, Jason Terry, um, Jason Kidd, Sean Marion... Monte Ellis, Tyson Chandler at six, and then JJ Berea at seven, Vince Carter at eight, uh, Devin Harris at nine, and then Harrison Barnes at ten. I think that's that's yeah, that's my final list. And like I said, if Luca is in there, it's just tough to say because he he's been here for so short. Uh, and but yeah, look up definitely number three, I think. Yeah. So uh Oh and yeah, so I'm recording this on Friday the thirty first of January and 
tonight the Mavs play against the Rockets. And uh, it's at 1.30 a.m. my time, which means that it ends at 4 a.m. And honestly, I've been kind of waking up early this week. Yeah, now that, now that I think about it, I, I got some stuff I got to do Monday, so I might... Uh, mo- Monday morning, so I might not really want to mess up my sleep schedule for once, which I usually do on the weekends, but we'll see. I, I probably will just watch it uh, Saturday morning, you know, when I wake up. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope the Mavericks win against the Rockets and uh, go Mavs. I got two, 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 much Monty. Monty Ellis, ask the fellas. Food talk trash because they jealous. Laid back from the south. Trying to hack up, I'll make you shut your mouth.